Well, hello and welcome everybody to another episode of our Advent podcast, Tidings of Comfort and Joy. I'm delighted to be joined today by Mike Evans. Yes, hello everybody. I'm glad to be with you this morning. And Mike, we are going to talk about angels, aren't we? That is what you asked me to talk about, Martin. (laughs) (laughs) Because, Mike, I mean, the accounts of Jesus's birth in the Gospels are full of mention of angels, aren't they? There's, you know, Zechariah, John the Baptist's father, Mary, Joseph, the shepherds. I've even read how some people say the star that led the Magi to Bethlehem might have been an angel. So before we look at any of that, what is an angel? I mean, you're the ex-director of a Bible school. Tell us, brother. Let me just quote the author of the epistle to the Hebrews, because I think he's the only one who dared venture on that ground. They are servants of the holy God, ministers who are about his business. And I think we should not be surprised that we are dealing with the real invisible world. And in this real invisible world, there is the eternal pre-existent God, but there are also these created beings who serve him, angels. Yeah, Yeah. and he sends them into our world Mm. as his servants. Yes, what I think is interesting, Martin, is to see throughout salvation history, the number of angelic appearances and to people who have influence on salvation history like uh, Abraham for the birth of Isaac or Elizabeth for the birth of John the Baptist. So we do see uh, these key moments in salvation history. We see angels appearing, don't we? Tell us about that. Well, let's just think about the appearance to Abraham, Sarah, to the mother of Samson and to his father subsequently, Mm -hmm. or to John Baptist. Each of these women was past childbearing age. And there was a miraculous conception, even though by natural means, by sexual intercourse. It's one of the amazing things, isn't it? That when you read the words, and she was barren in the Old Testament, you just know that God is going to do something. That they are momentous events in salvation history and I think with obviously with Abraham, Sarah, Isaac it's uh, it's the realization of the prophecy to uh, Abraham, the descendants, uh, an inheritance and all of the notions in the world. It's the uh, tremendous opening up of the portent of the gospel message and to John Baptist it was the the fulfilling of Isaiah's prophecy, the the one who is going to announce the imminence of the arrival of the Messiah. Yeah. They're always momentous events. So. Yeah. And this appearance to Samson's parents as well. Samson, not exactly a great model of a redeeming saviour, but nonetheless, the Lord comes with an angel to his parents. And the angel appears to Samson's mother and says, you're going to conceive and bear a son. And this son is going to begin to save his people. Where do you see the link of that with Jesus, Mike? Because an angel appears to Mary and says, you're going to conceive and bear a son, and he's going to save his people from their sins. Yes, I think no judge, and very few people in the Old Testament were as much the objects of divine intervention. At least four major interventions of the Holy Spirit in Samson's life but he failed almost at every turn, humanly speaking. 
despite an angel announcing his birth? For me, Martin, there are at least two degrees of understanding of he began to save his people. And you say he began to save his people because that's what Judges says, doesn't it? The book of Judges doesn't say he saved his people. It says he began to save them. On the first level, obviously, he began to save from the Philistines who were a perennial enemy of Israel. And they were not really conquered until David's time. And even after David, you find them repeatedly throughout the book. And I just wonder if it's the secondary level that is interesting. The Philistines were, they were maritime people. They were merchants. They were mercenaries. Mm -hmm. And during Samson's tenure as judge, they didn't fight militarily. They infiltrated the land by marriage and by commerce to such an extent that even the tribe of Judah was irritated with Samson and sent up 3,000 men to say, listen, we are cohabiting with the Philistines, leave us alone. Yeah, Yeah, you're disturbing the peace, Samson. We're quite happy living with these idol worshippers. And I think that what Samson did, he obliged the Philistines to change tactics. From Samson on, they engaged in warfare with Israel. We knew who the enemy was. And for me, that was extremely important. Infiltration confuses the the lines of demarcation. So there was, from people looking on from the outside, they couldn't see the difference between the Philistines and the covenant people. Infiltration was very successful. And Samson obliged the Philistines to change tactics. to show their true colours that they were an enemy that had to be conquered. In the same sense, Jesus coming at a time of Roman occupation also, he put the emphasis on the enemy, what the problem was, sin. And even if we roll over until today, even the church today has been infiltrated by the culture. And people frequently looking on from the outside don't see the difference between the church and culture. And I think that what Samson did, and par excellence, Jesus did, and which we are called to do, is to indicate what is the problem. And the problem is sin. And if we indicate what the problem is, then we can tell the good news. But until you know what the problem is, you can't tell the good news. Yeah. Mike, thank you. What a great reminder that the Lord has come to save us from the real enemy, which is our sin. Mike, thank you. Thank you, Martin. God bless you and God bless everybody else. And our piece of Advent music for today is a piece of music that really lifted our hearts when we were going through a tough time as a family a few years back. It's Angel's Carol by John Rutter. <laughs> 